He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This, this is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome in on this uh rather rainy uh, kind of a uh, uh cloudy although they're saying we will get some sunshine here uh, later uh this afternoon but then that's going to be uh shattered by more rain about four o'clock and then it looks like we're gonna have some more rain around 11 p.m followed by some more rain around 1 p.m but then after that <laughs> nothing but good times everybody nothing but good times through, uh, I think, through the rest of the weekend. So the golf tournament's going to be just uh, hunky-dory. And um, they did get rained out this morning. I don't know if they're back in play right now or not. But uh, I'm sure if there's no lightning in the area that they will be back out there uh, and move it along. But uh, we did have some very interesting rain this morning. I had to go downtown. Uh, my good friend Randy Page, who was my longtime photographer at Fox 13, hurt his knee so he's on a walker so he can't get around much until he gets through with his uh his physical therapy so i uh cooked a bunch of barbecue this weekend and i said hey how'd you like some cute he said bring it on so i get down there just in time to hear the uh warnings that severe weather is moving across the river and he lives on mud island i went well great i'm here just in time to greet it then it came through with just high winds and very heavy rain and so what I did is I went to the sheriff's uh, filling station. A lot of people don't know that they have their own filling stations, but they do. And because I used it many times when I was with the sheriff's office. It's down right across from the St. Jude Hospital on uh, Danny Thomas. But they've only got, uh, they have these islands that are covered, but they only have two islands. And then the two outside where there used to be pumps, uh, there's nothing there. So I figured, well, I know nobody's going to be at those, even if they're pumping gas. So I pulled up there, and uh, there were some other people. That we, what you need to do is, Look around the city, find places. Uh, it could be a Sonic. It could be anything that you could pull into when you hear there's going to be hail. Because otherwise there's hell to pay. <laughs> and your car will get beat like a ball-peen hammer somebody has taken to it. So pick out little places around town, you know, and if they announce that there's hail coming, head for those places and hope your car doesn't get messed up. Because there's nothing like looking at a beautiful car with little dents all over the hood and the roof. Uh, and then I followed the storm all the way back to Collierville. I stayed, it's about moving about 35 miles an hour. I just stayed right behind it, kept moving along. And, uh, finally, uh, got uh, back to Collierville just in time for it to stop raining for a minute and got inside and then it rained some more and then it stopped again. And so, but then I talked to my friends in Texas and they're all going, man, we, we didn't see no rain in forever. And, uh, and I know what that's like. It's, it's horrible. It's, uh, so dry out there they hadn't had rain it's uh, over 100 degrees every single day and so our hearts go out to them i wish i could send them some rain uh other good news this morning i went to my cardiologist my regular checkup my uh, blood pressure was let me look at i wrote it down 121 over 70 i mean that's like perfect i think they, the guy was tapping the little uh readout thing like, mr farrell it should, it must be something wrong here are you, is that, is that your arm? We got that thing wrapped around. <laughs> anyway, uh, and my doctor, Dr. Gubin, who's just brilliant, said that, uh, he said, I really look good, which 
makes me highly suspect now. <laughs> you look great, Earl. Have you lost weight? Uh, yeah, I have. After that pneumonia, I just never got it back after last uh, November when I had the pneumonia. So, anyway, so good health checkup. We got some rain. It's going to clear out. Today on the show, we got Vicki Gandy coming in with Team Gandy. She's got one of her clients. And Vicki does a lot more than just sell houses. She puts together teams of people to help the people that she sells houses either get their house ready to sell. And I mean, more than just put cookies in the kitchen on the counters to make people say, Ooh, this house smells good. Uh, actually helps uh, construction workers, plumbers, uh, trim people, anything you need. She has people in her world that knows how to do all that kind of stuff, whether you're buying or moving in or selling and getting out. And we'll talk about that, meet one of our very happy clients. And uh, then uh, we'll be talking more about the, the weather. I'll keep you posted on that. Then Mike Adamson uh, is coming in. We're going to talk about football. Preseason gets really cranked up this weekend. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just basketballed out. I mean, basketball just never stops, you know. You think it's in the middle of the summer and you turn on TV. I said, who are these guys? I've never even heard of the teams. Are these like these summer leagues they make up names for and I don't know who they're playing for or what's going on. And uh, so anyway, we got football back, and I'm happy about that. And uh, some of the world news, uh, the big story that broke today is that House GOP releases bank records on Hunter Biden payments from Russia. Um, Kazaka oligarchs total clears $20 million. Uh, GOP oversight produces redacted bank records related to uh, – Barisma, Yelena Barina, Kins Rakashiv, and uh, it's uh, starting to look. And of course, nobody on the uh, mass media is reporting on any of it uh, because, you know, it's just the big cover up continues. Sooner or later, though, they're going to have to admit that something's going on. In the meantime, Mitch McConnell urges House Republicans to avoid Biden impeachment. Whose side is this guy on? I think something happened to him the other day when he had his little stroke. Speaking to the New York Times in an interview published Tuesday, McConnell said that he does not want to continue the impeachment cycle that Democrats started two years ago when they impeached former President Trump on dubious charges three times. I said two years ago we had uh, not one but two impeachments that once we go down this path, it incentivizes the other side to do the same thing, McConnell said. And peace will not to be rare, he added. Yeah, well, why didn't you stop it when the Democrats were doing it? This is not good for the country. I agree. We all agree. But you let it happen. You didn't try to stop them. Now you want to stop the Republicans. Republicans have been stepping up calls to impeach President Joe Biden for his alleged involvement in his son's Hunter's pay-for-play schemes with foreign governments. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy uh, has signaled his willingness to open impeachment proceedings. I think if only just to get the truth out, because the, the, the DOJ and the FBI, none of those yo-yos will answer their subpoenas and, and just, you know, sit on whatever they know. I think there's enough proof out there that this Biden family needs to come forward and show there wasn't a pay to play, McCarthy said. McCarthy further said that impeachment empowers Congress, Republicans, and Democrats of their committee to be able to get the information if somebody fights them by providing it to them. Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi another charming person recently attempted to deflect the impeachment inquiries by claiming the Republicans only want to distract from the president's economic accomplishments, which are zero zero. I'm telling you 
So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And then this I thought was really an interesting uh, development today. Actually, it took place yesterday. Secret Service told Joe Biden who brought cocaine into the White House. The culprit is within the Biden family. <laughs> so consequently, we've not heard a word about it since then. Um, said last month the bag containing cocaine was found in the West Wing. Sources indicate that it belonged to an individual associated within the Biden family orbit. It is alleged that President Biden is aware of the identity of the individual in the question, as per claims made by Susan Katz Keating, the publisher of Soldier of Fortune. Keating, relying on insights from three confidential security sources, released her report on Sunday. She even attempted to contact a phone number connected to President Biden to uncover the alleged offender's identity. However, there's been no independent verification of the Soldier of Fortune reports as of yet. According to Keating's account, despite the Secret Service announcing on July the 13th that the investigation has been closed due to lack of evidence. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Authorities were able to follow leads that led to a name. They were confident enough in their findings to brief the president. One of Keating's sources indicated, if you wanted the name, ask Joe Biden. He knows who it is. Another clarified that the person in question was associated with the Biden family circle, but was not Hunter Biden. It's Joe. <laughs> Joe. Mr. Reservoir, we've discovered the source, and it's you. <laughs> now, the president's son, who has openly discussed his struggles with drug addiction, Keating took her inquiry directly to the White House by texting a number repeatedly, reportedly linked to President Biden inquiring about the validity of the Secret Service reported revelation. However, the message was uh, marked as uh, last July, marked as the, this is marked as, and you pick it up on the next page, and there's none of that there. Probably marked as uh, erroneous, unsubstantiated rumors. That's usually what they label everything as. So anyway, we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, so we know now Joe knows. And will Joe remember? That would be the next question. So he would ask him, hey, what? Coke. I want ice cream. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, it's uh, about uh, 16 after the hour. we got cloudy skies. It's cool outside. And we got more rain coming. We'll talk about that uh, as we move through the day. So stay with us. We'll be back. And welcome back on a uh, lovely Wednesday afternoon. And uh, we do have some uh, showers early this morning. We got some more coming about 4 o'clock. There's supposed to be another round moving through. And then it's going to break for a little bit. Then at 11 o'clock tonight, there's supposed to be another 40% chance. And then it's going to taper off. And then around 1 a.m. After that, we should be fine. So uh, count our blessings on that. If you're a Taco Bell fan, uh, they got... Uh, the, uh, national taco day is, uh, taco Tuesday. Evidently there was a lawsuit filed against Taco Bell for using taco Tuesday as some kind of had been copyrighted by somebody, but why taco Bell's free taco giveaway is happening everywhere, but New Jersey. It turns out there was a, a Gregory's tacos in New Jersey. It wasn't part of the deal. Uh, this guy has been fighting taco Bell over taco Tuesday. 
I don't blame him. I mean, you come up with an idea and you take on the, the big boys, do it. But Taco Bell is opening a 5 million taco tab and offering free Doritos Loco Tacos in honor of the liberation of the Taco Tuesday trademark to customers across the country. Well, almost everywhere. The giveaway is valid in 49 states, but not New Jersey. That's because Tony Soprano said, it's not happening here. <laughs> the only place where the Taco Tuesday trademark is not canceled, Taco John's, the regional taco chain that had Taco Tuesday trademark for 34 years, announced last month that it's ending its fight in defending the phrase against Taco Bell's lawyers. But Gregory's Restaurant and Bar in Summers Point, New Jersey, owns the trademark in the state, and the family-owned business still plans to hold on to the phrase. We're still keeping it, and we're fighting for it, says Emma Gregory, who said she's a fifth-generation Gregory family worker at the restaurant. She said Taco Bell had reached out to the restaurant about the trademark two, maybe three weeks ago. Gregory said on its website that it had been serving tacos on Tuesday since 1979 and was granted a service trademark in 82. In a statement, Taco Bell said it had reached out to Gregory and the Gregory trademark owner to see if they could work together and potentially make New Jersey the first state to free Taco Tuesday. We were kicking off the conversations. When news hit that Taco John's had abandoned its trademark registration, the company said, as a result, he decided to double down on his efforts and opted out of any further conversations with us. Taco Bell, see, they let it out of the bag. Somebody at Taco Bell let it out that it was going to happen and it wasn't a done deal yet. So keep your yap shut until the deal's done. It's always signed over. Uh, but uh, I remember the uh, there's a place in Jackson, Tennessee, uh, and it was, called the old country store and it was a uh, uh, really neat place it's there where the casey jones railroad is and they got a whole thing about the railroad and the casey jones story and they had this country store where they have big breakfasts and they do country fried steak and the meat and three vegetables and all kinds of stuff at the store and it was really a great concept and it was made by the guy that uh, developed the whole store there in jackson which used to be a little ice cream store. It kind of grew from that. I did a, when I used to do my show at my favorite restaurant, I did a whole piece on them. And he was telling me that uh, Cracker Barrel, the people that started Cracker Barrel came to him and said they wanted to base their concept on his store, but they promised they would never come to Jackson, Tennessee because he was already there. So they all agreed to it, shook hands on it. Then a few years later, they see some construction going over by the interstate. <laughs> So I said, what's that coming in? I said, oh, that's, you're going to love it. It's called Cracker Barrel, <laughs> which happens to be just like the country store. And uh, I guess they could have sued. I, I went and interviewed the, the owner's son and, and his daughter, who were then running it. And they said, you know, it's just, it's not worth it. Uh, you know, we still have our crowd. And uh, and I, they're still in business there. And then I saw here just a, not long ago that the Cracker Barrel in Jackson, Tennessee, was shutting down. And I don't know whether it's because when people would come through there, they opted to go eat at uh, the old country store instead of Cracker Barrel. Whatever the uh, situation is, uh, and uh, uh, I guess it had its its effect. But uh, anyway, so much for Taco Tuesday. Uh, I guess... I, Somebody was watching Fox this morning. One of the anchors on Fox said it was her favorite restaurant of everything. Of everything. I like a bean burrito and a taco every once in a while. It ain't my favorite restaurant. I mean, come on, man. 
And we got some uh, sad news here. Robbie Robertson, driving force behind the Roots Rock Icons, the band, dies. He was 80. Uh, he was the driving force behind the pioneering rock and roll group. The band died on this morning. He was 80 years old. His death is confirmed by his longtime manager, Jared Levine. The statement Levine said that Robertson died in Los Angeles after a long illness. Robbie was surrounded by his family at the time of his death, including his wife, Janet, his ex-wife, Dominique, her partner, Nicole, or Nicholas, and their other girlfriends and boyfriends. <laughs> hey, everybody, come on. Well, it is L.A., I guess, you know. Uh, and his children, Alexandra, Sebastian, Delphine, and Delphine's partner, Kenny. Anybody getting married out there? Everybody just has a partner. The statement read, he's also survived by his grandchildren, Angelica, Donovan, Dominique, Gabriel, uh, Sarah Pina. Weird names. Robertson recently uh, completed his 14th film music project with frequent collaboration with Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon. In lieu of flowers, the family has asked that Donations be made to the six nations of the Grand River to support a new Woodland Cultural Center. Um, so there you are. Another music icon gone. Uh, speaking of music icons, the Beach Boys are coming back to Memphis. They're going to be at the uh, at the Orpheum Theater coming up, so check that out. I was uh, talking to my friend Ron Olson about it today, and he said, God, you can believe the Beach Boys are still still at it? Uh, he said, if they would just move, you know, cause they all get up there, they stand and they play, but nobody moves. I mean, they, you know how like before, like you got the, the four tops and they got the moves and I like, do the spin and well, not the beach boys, the beach boys stand there and they sing, do, do, do good vibrations. I'm talking about, the, but they don't move just their, just their lips. That's it. And, uh, but they've been around for a long time. They gotta be close to 80 as a matter of fact. Because I mean, I'm 72, and they're they're older than I am. And uh, last time I saw them, the kids were little. They were like, my son's 34 now, and he was about eight or nine, and my daughter was about five or six. And saw them at the Mid South Fair. They were the big act outside, not in the Coliseum, but outside on the fairgrounds. Had a big stage set up, and, and there they were, the Beach Boys. So uh, go check them out while while you still can. And uh, up next, we got uh, Vicki Gandy with Team Gandy coming in, and Marianne Wilson, one of her clients, and uh, Marianne's happy. And the fact that we have a happy person coming to the studio is monumental. <laughs> so that's news right there, ladies and gentlemen. So we've got a happy person coming on the show, coming up next right after the break. Uh, then later on, we're going to be talking football because football season's cranking up and uh, some other events going on around the city and around the country. So we got a full list of things going on. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. 
And thank you very much, and welcome back on a Wednesday. Joining me in the studio is Vicki Gandy with Team Gandy, Cry Like Realtors, and uh, one of her, not just uh, clients, she's also a very good friend, and who I've known for years as well. We all uh, were at uh, Christ Methodist Day School. Well, actually, I was. In fact, they told me never come around, <laughs> but my kids were in there, and, and Kathy would go meet with the teachers, and she was always real good with that, but... I was, uh, I think it's, I would harken back to my, my own school days and, and, uh, I always felt I was unjustly treated then. <laughs> so, <laughs> I doubt that. Oh, oh, you meant I was justly treated. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, de- I deserved everything that happened to me. <laughs> uh, but we wanted to talk to Marianne Wilson because, uh, you, you sold her house. You looked for a long time too. Yeah, two years. We did, um, we did. Of course, we're good friends, which is yeah. fine. So we got together no matter what, but we enjoyed that, except I finally said, okay, we got to find yeah, y'all a house. We missed it after it ended. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've done is, um, she's decided that she needed to do some work on the house. And so that's what we've been doing. So tell us about what, what you've been doing. Well, we wanted a porch, and it, that wasn't a deal breaker. There was There was just one. a porch on the front or on the back? Uh, we've added it to the back. I got it. We're okay. adding it to the back. And Vicki had the contractor's name right for us. It's Bob Young, and she even asked him to come. When she called him, she said, can you meet Marion over here tomorrow? And he did. And Actually showed up. up. He showed yeah. up and took lots of good notes and stuff. And uh, it's just been, it's been a real blessing because um, we just feel totally comfortable with him. And well, That is one of the advantages because she's had to use these same workers on projects for years. So she knows who's good, who's not good. So she did all the weeding out. Yes. And now, because that's the last thing you want when you're trying to to do a project, and then I see it up on neighbors all the time, never hire this person again. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the things, too, is, you know, he I've known him. I've seen a lot of his work, and he's he's a, he's also a neighbor. He lives nearby us. But we we've, she's done a lot of things, too. She's redoing a lot of different things in the house, too, and, and asked my advice about things, and I connected her with whoever needed to be connected with. But it's a, it's a neat house because it's all on one level, and that's what we were trying to find. We wanted something all on one level, um, in in the in certain areas, and also close, kind of close in the area where I live. And that that's tricky because our areas sell so quickly, and that was our problem. We wrote numerous offers and did all the tricks, and still some of them just did not work out. Mm-hmm. But, but obviously, this was a house for them because it's it's it pretty much checked almost every box for them. You know, I bet you see that a lot uh, that people either. They kind of want the house, but they're not willing to, to say, okay, well, let's make this offer. And you say, if you want it, if you want it, you're serious, you need to make a serious offer. And then other times you think it's a serious offer and the other people say, well, no, that's not good enough for us. But then a deal comes along and everybody's happy. And those are the deals that are really neat. It's because everybody is happy. Well, this was day two. This house went on the market. And Vicki said, let me try to get you an appointment. Because I said, well, I'm just going to drive by and look at it. She goes, let me get you an appointment. So she called and she goes, you're not going to believe this. There's four offers on the house already. <laughs> uh, we are the last people to see it at 3 o'clock for 30 minutes. And I was like, ah. and we got to make a decision tonight. <laughs> we got to make a decision tonight. So yeah. I blow it up on the big TV at home. And my husband and I, Mark, we just like walk through it and see what we like, what we don't like. So then we're like, yeah, yeah, we like it. It met everything. And then we're like, okay, now what do we do? And she guided us through the whole thing, what we should offer, and we got the house. We did. We were very fortunate. We had um, we did an escalation clause, and you know, and I, I luckily had a really good realtor on the other side too. And he was explain the escalation clause. Escalation clause is where you um, when you go in and say, okay, I'm going to write an offer. The house, let's say, the house is listed for four hundred thousand. 
and you're saying, and I'm going to go up, I'm going to offer you $1,000 or $5,000, however you want to do it, $1,000 over your highest offer up to this amount. Certain amount, okay. And you cap it. And so that way you don't lose any money. Some people do like 5000 but I like to do um, Incrementally? 2000 yeah. yeah. And then that way you don't lose any money. Um, also, you know, we you know, we also told them we would take it as is um, and check, you know, we do repairs. We, I mean, not repairs, inspections. We did inspections on everything and had all our different people come out. And she had some people come out as well. Till we had everything inspected thoroughly. And then once our inspection time was over, we're like, okay, we're good. We'll take it as is. And that way the seller can just move on. You know, that worked out well. Well, and the, the inspection is very critical. It is. Because I know that uh, this house we had in East Memphis was for sale by owner, as is, but they said everything was in good working order. They signed off on that it was all in good working order until we'd been there a week. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then everything fell the air conditioning stopped. We were going to go to a Redbirds game. I'll never forget. I got out of the shower and said, it's awfully warm in here. <laughs> and uh, went, and the, the air conditioner would kick it on. We called the AC guy that came out and went up to the attic and opened up the furnace, which is part of the air conditioning system. And he goes, well, sir, this uh, heater has had a blowback, and the, the heating element is cracked. And this the, the schematic of the inside door of the heater was charred from the blowback. This thing has probably been condemned. It's just not tagged, which meant they should have condemned it and replaced it before we moved in. But they said it was. So we had to sue them. Okay. We end up. Mm-hmm. And, and if you sue somebody because of a deal like that and, and you win, they have to pay treble damages. Did you know that? No, That's a Tennessee state law. And our lawyer said, okay. And then, and so we had to pay for the air conditioner to get it fixed. So we had AC, but then we sued and that took a while. And then when we got the judgment against them, they said, can we pay you $50 a month? I said, who are you? We needed the air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the whole thing is we, if we had had that inspector, we said, okay, we'll take it as is, but we want to make sure that everything works. We don't, don't ever, take anybody's word. No, for it. no, I never, I always encourage to have an inspection every time. And then also, and the thing is people don't understand an inspection is just a visual inspection. They're not, they don't, they can't look inside. Now, they can look inside a furnace a little bit, but what they tell you, then they look at it and say, this looks questionable. We well, did he would have seen the, the schematic burned oh, off the course. inside of the yeah, door. Yeah. Absolutely. And he'd gone, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they will tell you, like, they have moisture meters and they have electric yeah. and they do all that. And they'll say, there's moisture here. Right? You might need to bring out mm-hmm. whatever. And, and then that's what you do next. And they did, she brought in, like she brought an alarm people in and different people getting things, getting quotes and we got everything worked out. But it's been fun because I've been over there a bunch. And yeah, it's a great house. It's really a great house, and I'm excited for it because they're they're waiting for the they they have a cute little dog, and they're waiting for the porch to be finished with Gracie in the backyard. So. That's uh, my uh, daughter's dog. Is named Gracie, Golden yeah. Retriever. <laughs> oh, this is a little smaller. Uh, well, still, they're they're Grace. Yeah, <laughs> they're Grace. That, that's true. She's that's a sheep poo. When so many people though want to come into a home, and this is especially young people I've noticed, like my daughter, uh, they want it to be exactly the way they want it moving in, as opposed to coming in and and what you said uh, from the very beginning when we started talking to you was look at that house and not look at it what it looks like now, look at it what it could be. Well, I do that. She laughed at me because well, I say, well, you know, go ahead. No, she tried that. We were trying to like renovate a whole house. And it was so hard to visualize it. And she's like, well, we'll knock this wall out and do this and do that. And my husband, Mark, and I were like, ah, I mean, we just couldn't go there. So the one we got was great because uh, we're adding on. We're not 
Yeah, fixing it anything. Real open. That's true. We did because I do. I do. I'm always saying you can knock this out, and I've done it. I mean, and that's it. You've yeah. seen the houses transition right. before, right? And if you've never seen it, taken just a square box basically, and what can happen to it, it's hard for you to visualize it. Same thing with me and being in television forever. I could see the whole story in my mind on video before I walked into the scene of what I'm shooting. But that took years to learn how to do that. Right. And then you work with the photographer. You say, here's what I'm seeing. Like, I see it. And so you both go do it. And it comes together. The same thing happens with you and, and the artisans you bring in, whether it's carpenters or painters or whatever. And I've gotten a little bit tougher with some of my clients. I'll say, trust me. Okay. Trust me, you will, you know, you'll, this yeah. will work out. And she was a little bit like, where to put the porch? We're here. And I said, because really you had two places on the porch you could have located on the side. And then they decided to do it within where you've chosen is much smarter. They're actually, because they're going to knock out a hole in the wall and make it open the up. The view into is that. better. Yeah. Hey. That way you don't lose the yard. She's got a really pretty yard that's got a great view and she's going to lose a lot of that. Because so. it does freak you out when you start saying, we'll just get some sledgehammers and knock that wall out. And you go, <laughs> really? I mean, you can do that. <laughs> Well, you have to put a header in. You can't just leave it. And a lot of people think they can. Oh, do you have to put that thing in? Yeah, you kind of do. Or your attic will be on your yeah, floor. Call support. <laughs> you have to have some support there. Uh, and so how close are you to, to where you are, are going to be? Probably a couple of weeks. And that's all. Yeah. Well, that's great. So you're it's almost taking, there. It's taking a little bit longer, and it's because of the weather. Yeah. The rain and the heat. And the and Germantown water and... and <laughs> storms and, Storm. I mean, we and electricity just, somebody said the other day one of my neighbors was walking down the street and i was i know all my neighbors like and they were like hey when are the locusts going to show up <laughs> <laughs> i was, like, no, but I was talking to somebody like, about that too i said I you think the end is near i said i just hope i go on the first wave i don't want to be around for the <laughs> second know. wave it's like i'm like really i was just wow it's like every i mean we're just like cracking up well because i said well this week our roof got ripped off and then this week our you know this happened and then we didn't have power and then then the next last week was the water situation so it's just waiting for the next thing <laughs> but we had the storm come through this morning and they had some small limbs down along poplar i was downtown i followed it straight to east memphis and carville and then we got another one coming tonight but i'm thinking that everything that was weakened and is and has blown down has blown down hopefully and only right. the strong survive now and so uh catherine grissom posted on facebook she had a little video they recovered that little inside playground it's in the middle of the building at christ methodist yeah uh covered in hail today yeah it, she said it she could she tried to video it hailing and you couldn't you couldn't right. really see it but you could see it on the ground i was like wow well that's what they were saying when yeah. i was downtown they said this is going to have uh damaging hail yeah, so i pulled into the sheriff's department's uh filling station downtown that's smart I, I knew where it was and then i pulled on there and just waited for it to move through it didn't hail there though but whenever you hear that it's forecast because those things move through pretty quickly yeah. and hail does not last long I'm, i've been around it for years and covering stuff like it's that it's usually at the beginning of the storm. yeah exactly yeah so fine and i said mark out the sonics and all the uh, filling stations that have over covers that, that you can go to as quickly as possible because nobody wants your car to be it never recovers from those hailstorms. that's a great idea to think about i've never thought of that yeah well, that's why i'm yeah. here you know? my husband my husband used to do that when he was in cable he had all these places he needed to yeah. stop um so this wouldn't ride out the storm because he was always out in the field you know well that was me that's when i learned it was down at the ranch in texas and yeah. it started hailing out there you're on horseback you got nothing but a straw cowboy hat <laughs> whoa <laughs> 
and and your horsey don't like it either. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's gonna make you run faster. Yeah, Vicky, how can they get in touch with you if they get, thinking about doing something to selling a home, buying a home, or even some advice on the home they got? Nine zero one four one two two six nine one, and our website is goteamgandy dot com. And uh, Marianne, when is the housewarming party? We'll come by. That's and, right. And uh, come on, <laughs> more the merrier. I just you, you let me know, and I'll put the word out. All, all right, I right. will just buy all the KWAM listeners. You got don't, it. Don't come empty-handed, folks. <laughs> That's right. Bring a bottle. I mean, housewarming gifts accepted. There you go. There you go. Well, thank y'all for coming in, and uh, thank good, you. good luck on your house. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. Appreciate it. All right. We're going to take a quick break, uh, then uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us. And welcome back, everybody. And uh, uh, weather right now is nice. It's uh, cool outside. When I drove in today, 86 degrees. In fact, when I woke up this morning, went out on the deck, 70 degrees this morning, August the 9th. I mean, that's... That's crazy, especially when you look at all these other places around the country that are much, much hotter. And uh, just, uh, I mean, in the hundreds. And I don't care what you say. If it's in the hundreds, it's hot. So, and uh, speaking of hot, uh, hot is always tough on big people. You know, the bigger you are, the tougher it is. In fact, today, uh, Trump told supporters not to call his uh, opponent, uh, Chris Christie, a big fat pig. Uh, cut three. No, no, Christie's he's eating right now. He can't be bothered. <laughs> Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. That's very disrespectful. Don't call him. See, I'm I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do it. You can't do that. So now, because you're not allowed to do that, and therefore uh, we're not going to do it. Okay? We want to be very civil, right? He also uh, polled his crowd about whether or not he should appear at the first Republican presidential debate uh, on Fox. Cut 10. Uh, we're so far above everybody else in the polls. They're all saying, is he going to go into the debate? And I say, I don't know. If you're leading by 50 and 60 and 70 points, do you do that or not? I don't know. Should I? Okay, you ready? Poll. We take a free poll. Should I do the debate? Well, maybe we'll do something else. You know, see, some people say yes, but they hate to say it because it doesn't make sense to do it if you're leading by so much. But they like it for entertainment value because they're selfish. They're selfish. I'm afraid I'm selfish because that's what I want. I think it would be much more interesting if he's there. If he's not there, it's going to be, you know, uh, well, Senator, I, uh, as opposed to you're a big fat pig. So uh, then you got Biden, who was at the Grand Canyon, I guess this was yesterday, and uh, in his very own descriptive way described his awe of the Grand Canyon, cut four. The Grand Canyon, one of the Earth's nine wonders. Nine. Wonders of the world. <laughs> Literally. Think of that. You know, it's amazing. Well, there you are. Somebody explained to him later, there's only seven, uh, Mr. President. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Biden is asked, is his administration doing what he's doing to address the environmental justice uh, cut eight? What is your administration doing to address environmental justice? Forty percent of all the funding is going to go to those people. Look, 
I was raised in a town called Claymont, Delaware. Okay. When you got up in the morning, my mother would drive us to the little Catholic school we went to about three quarters of a mile up the Philadelphia Pike. The first day of frost, you turn on the windshield wiper, there'd be an oil slick. Higher cancer rates than almost anywhere in America. I understand what these frontline communities are going through. Route 9 in Delaware, the same thing. Look what's going on in Louisiana. So we're focusing on those areas to get the help first. First, first. And 40% of it's going to go to them. And uh, Donald Trump, uh, well, he was always talking about the climate crisis and Trump saying, hey, there ain't one. You're making it up. Biden says there's a lot of good that's going to come from the sacrifices of dealing with taking on climate crisis. Cut nine. Well, there's a lot of good that's going to come from the sacrifices of dealing with taking on the climate crisis. But he didn't say what. <laughs> he just said, trust me on that. There's going to be a lot of good that comes from this. Uh, it is, uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday about the, the climate crisis and the fact that uh, they're saying that uh, the the water's never been hotter, the, the climate's never been hotter. And uh, they they have no clue. I mean, they have to know what it was like 500 years ago. They've only been keeping track of the weather for a couple hundred years. And they weren't even all over the world doing that. And so to say that it's never been this hot before, to their knowledge, it's never been this hot before. Uh, but you know what? Uh, they're supposed to, the hot water's supposed to cause hurricanes. Guess what? No hurricanes going on in the, in the uh, Gulf right now. Figure that one out. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. Ah, thank you very much, and uh, welcome back. I had a big election yesterday in DeSoto County. Uh, it was essentially the uh, race for sheriff there, and um, they are, uh, hold on, I think uh, our guest is here, but there he is. <laughs> he went to the, we're in a different studio today, and he said, where are you? <laughs> uh, but uh, Thomas Tuggle, uh, retired Mississippi Highway Patrol Lieutenant, uh, held a large lead over County Supervisor Michael Lee to become the next DeSoto County Sheriff, according to unofficial results. They eventually made that official. And I think uh, Thomas had a 63.62% lead over Lee, who had 7,656 votes, and uh, Tuggle had 13,403 when Lee conceded the, the contest, and uh, which is always good. I mean, I there's no way he was going to win at that point. And uh, both men are, are great guys. I mean, I, I know uh, both of them uh, didn't meet uh, Thomas until this year when he started running for sheriff. Uh, but he is a um, he is a, a Marine, uh, far, far country, uh, and was a local police officer here in Hernando. Then he went to work for the Mississippi Highway Patrol and eventually was an instructor and headed up the uh, training academy for all law enforcement officers in Mississippi, and then ran for sheriff. and uh, And I think he he will be a great sheriff for DeSoto County in these times that we are living in now. Uh, he did uh, speak to the crowd last night and talked about what he will bring uh, as the new sheriff. 
in town. Uh, cut six. And I'm going to put 30 years of experience to work with people in DeSoto County. We're excited about it. We're excited to bring it to the table. Uh, my opponent's a great guy. I have nothing bad to say about him, having said anything negative about him. But this is a great county. This is a big county. And I have the experience, the courage, and the knowledge to deal with the threats that are facing this county. And uh, Lee is a good man. And I think that was very generous of, uh, of Thomas to say that because that's because he's a good guy. And uh, I think more political races should be conducted like that. Uh, and we'd all be better off not having to listen to that kind of rhetoric. So congratulations to uh, Thomas Tuggle as the new sheriff of DeSoto County. And congratulations to Michael Lee, his, who ran a great race. And um, it certainly uh, is uh, very supported in his community and has served in his community in the past. And he is uh, very well thought of and continues to be well thought of in, in DeSoto County and in Hernando, where he has a barbershop right off the town square to go visit him, ask him for a cut. <laughs> Not a cut in price, <laughs> just a cut. All right, in studios, uh, my good friend Michael is, uh, just got here. Uh, Adamson, who is, uh, I was afraid you had another flat. Last time you were supposed to be here, all I got was a picture of a flat tire. <laughs> That's two times ago. I was here last week. That's right. You just, were here last week. I know you forget things a little bit more than you used well, to. Well, it's, it's not that I forget. It's just that the order gets mixed up. <laughs> just, I guess the same thing. But, you know, when I, when I came up in the studio here, I, I, I kind of heard people talking. I went into the studio. Nobody was in there. Kind of walked downstairs. I was like, uh, where is everybody? I forgot about the uh, studio over here. The old. This is the, the original studio. studio. Yeah. This, is, this will be Studio B now. And that's studio. We can make this Studio A. Did you get a promotion? Is that why you're in here? Well, actually, uh, Todd, uh, I don't know if you saw the big screen in there, the big uh, monitor, 85-inch uh, flat screen in uh, the other studio now. He's going to start doing cut-ins for Newsmax uh, TV and digital. Oh, nice, nice. And so they're, they've been bringing all this equipment, and uh, they're putting it in there. So uh, we had to move down the, the hall to the other studio, which, hey, I broadcast from everywhere. <laughs> We, we, I've been to a few odd places with you. you have. And we've done some remotes. I would call them odd. I would call them interesting. <laughs> uh, unique, I guess, is a better way of putting it. But, uh, you know, we you, you have the abilities to go anywhere and be any place to do a show. You know, all you got to do is give me a microphone and get out of the way. <laughs> so, and I, some people say that's where the problem began. Well, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's when the fight started. <laughs> uh Mike is a, a huge uh, Notre Dame fan, comes from uh, Indi- Indiana, uh-huh. and uh, he's even got uh, the mascot's outfit, the little leprechaun. Yeah. And, I, uh, I actually brought that out to a, a, a couple of people. In fact, one of the people, as I was telling the story, they said, hey, get that picture out when you were up on the radio station. And I'd sit there and scroll through the pictures. And, now, can you still squeeze in that little outfit? <laughs> Believe it or not, I can. <laughs> it's, uh, it, I've had to replace two buttons on it, though, Earl. Did you just get those little, like, those Sansa belt things? To, this, that's, what I, that's what I need to get. The, uh, well, I, I do that uh, polar plunge every year. Oh, yeah. And that well, that water takes a toll on the, uh, on the leprechaun. Oh, you uh, wear the leprechaun outfit? Oh, yeah. We're the, we're the leaping leprechauns when we do that. And uh, the, <laughs> Not the leaping lizards, the leaping leprechauns. <laughs> Big difference there. And uh, it, the the, uh, the cold water's taking its toll on it, several of my uh, leprechaun outfits. I've, I've been to that a number of times, and they've always said, "Oh, you want to do this?" I said, "I don't think so." I, I tell you, and it, it, it's already passed, but it really is one of the funnest things we do as a as a as a group of my friends. There's usually about twenty or thirty of us that go there. Um, only about ten brave ones actually do the jumping, 
Um, but I mean, it's it's a fun day. Is, it, is there any drinking involved? Um, well, you got to stay hydrated when you do stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, I would say that a little bit uh, a little bit of adult beverage helps the jump go better and quicker. What's a bracer against the the chill? Well, I say they used to do it down on the river. I remember, uh, uh, and and you just ran in and ran out, and and honestly, I kind of like that better because you you, you got in and out. Over it, yeah. Now you have to jump in a pool, and like uh, last year when we got there, there, there was ice on the on the water. That's how cold that it was. They had to break the ice away. But when you jump in the pool, you got to stand there and wait to get out. When again, like I said running the river. You why, do you have, run. why do you have to stand there? Because you got to wait to get oh, up that ladder. Oh, so there's a cro- y'all jump in at the same time. Yeah, it, well, and then you have to go one at a time to climb out. I'm sorry. Yeah, our, each group that you have, you know, they'll have you know 200 people that are jumping, but like our you're, there's usually five to ten of us that are jumping in the water, and we'll all jump in the same time. Now, I'm gonna give you a secret in case you do this. Early. Yeah, if you're gonna be in the pool and you're gonna jump in, jump near the ladder. Jump near the ladder. <laughs> See, I. I figured that one out myself. I, I did this two years ago with my son, and he, he came in, and he tried to push me out. He, I said, Zach, you get in my way. I'm going to beat yeah. you to that ladder. <laughs> I was going to say, be the last one to jump in. That way you can jump on somebody, uh, and you don't go all the way under. Yeah, well, that, that's possible. The, uh, they've done a good job now. The water is about, I'd say, what, about four feet deep at least because it comes up to my shoulders. Uh, and so you you, you got to get the whole body wet now. I remember years ago when I was at Channel 5, it was summertime, and so there was a place here in Memphis called the Beach Within Reach, Maywood. Uh-huh. Did you ever go there? I, I, that was before my time here in Memphis. And Colin, you were born when it closed, so <laughs> yeah, there he, He's laughing at both of us. There you are. <laughs> and he has a right to. Uh, but it was a very cool place down in Maywood, and it was a natural spring lake, and the guy uh-huh. that built it hauled in all this sand from Destin, white sand. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And it was white sandy beaches, spring-fed ice-cold water, which is great later in the summer, like, but it's 115. Yeah. But this was, like, April something. And so we thought we'd go down there, and I'd be the first to jump in. And I'd never done anything like that before, (laughs) which I did a number of things live on television I'd never done before. This is one I never did again. So we got up, and I said, so we're going to check it out, because it was warm. It was a warm April or so morning. And, uh... I said, so we're going to test it out. We'll be the first ones to jump in the beach within reach. Here I go. I jump in. I came up. I could not even talk. I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, the crew was, they thought thought it was uh, very hilarious. Back at the station, (laughs) Earl Farrell is speechless, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Never. Never happens. Never happens. (laughs) I said he was either shocked, which it was like being shocked. You really are. It, or it, and I bet, you, I bet that water was colder than what I'm talking about at the plunge. Well, it was because it's uh, fed from underground, yeah. and I bet it was 68 degrees. I'd say one of the when we do the plunge, I think one of the nice parts is it's usually eh, chilly outside, and you'll jump in that water and come out, and it's actually the water might have been warmer than, than the, the outside, outside temp. Yeah, and so it, it kind of you know it, it, it's not as bad as everybody thinks it is, but. Um, but it's a fun day, and it's and it, it might it's a job, fundraiser too. Yeah, it's for the Special Olympics, and they 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 do a great job. Raise about twenty grand, twenty five grand um, every year when they're doing it. They have a chili cook off. It, it's a fun day. I'm I'm a chili judge too. I I do multi things when I'm there. <laughs> what are you laughing about, <laughs> man? Man, a million. And I'm a chili judge too. I mean, we're all chili judges. <laughs> well, you don't have to have some kind of permit for that. Well, I get to be there and be a chili judge. Well, you get to eat it. But 
That's that's that is a challenge though because uh, people put a lot of different stuff in chili. They're, they're, I'll say most of them are are okay. Just like anything you do, you'll go along, you bite, and you, you're just usually taking a spoonful, and all of a sudden you go, "What in the world did I just do?" And they go, <laughs> "Have you never had lizard tail before?" <laughs> Some of them get a little tough, and then they also do the same thing with the salsa. Most of it's okay, and then you just go along, and all of a sudden you go, "What?" What kind of salsa is that? <laughs> Raccoon ears. You got to chew them, man. <laughs> but uh, it, but it's a, it's always fun, it, yeah. it, it, and I think the best part about it. There's usually about twenty of my friends around doing it, um, and that's fun it, when you're, it, with the, with it, your your crowd, it, and and you see how everybody reacts to it. Uh, speaking of fun, football is getting ready to crank up, and all right. that's what we're going to talk about right after the break. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back. Mike Adamson is in studio. Uh, Mike is he's a distributor for a lot of different stuff. You call all kinds of businesses, right? Calling all types of businesses. Bluff City Supply is the name of my business. And I was, actually, I was waiting for it to break out in song when that music was playing. So you, you surprised me a little bit. Well, you wouldn't have liked it if I had. <laughs> and I was going, now I'm going to have to segue into my business. But, but we, we, we do all kinds of stuff. Uh, um, shop supplies. um you know, from gloves to you know, drill bits to fasteners, but a couple of new things that I that I picked up here just recently. I, I became a battery distributor. We were basically just talking about that, but double A, triple A, you know, D, C batteries. Because most uh, people go, they go to like, well, I go to Walgreens, mm-hmm. and then when I go in there, and I keep telling how many times I buy batteries there, and I get them home, they're dead because mm-hmm. they're out of date. They're not fresh. They're, yeah, <laughs> but there's no date on them. Yeah, and, and the only way you know that they're dead is when you get them home. You put them into the stuff you went to get the batteries for. Mm-hmm. And in most of the places I'm calling on that you know to sell the batteries, it's a it's a bigger business. You know, they're not wanting to walk into CVS things like that to to buy the buy the batteries. But it creates an opportunity at a place you, you, you when you, at, people don't think about it much, but a, a, but a place bought twenty five hundred AAA batteries, and they use those about they'll go through those about every two months. And so, and it's all for stuff there in their business. Yes, yeah, they're used from, wow. you know, from you know just the regular flashlights to safety helmets, uh, you, you name it. That they're putting batteries sure. in, sure. And uh, that's what they go through. So, you know, the ba- the batteries are nice. Um, picked up some uh, 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 exclusive distributor for some hand soap. Um, and again, you think about it. Everybody, every, there's not a place in Memphis that you walk into that doesn't have. have. Uh, uh, years, hand soap dispensers and things like that. Years ago, I had I was in working for a TV station in Tyler, Texas. I had a friend that worked for a company. It was called uh, East Texas Paper Company, mm-hmm. and they sold everything: paper mm-hmm. bags. And if you want sack gorilla stuff, they could get you that. Yeah, just tell me how much you need and when do you need it. I, I can I can relate to that a little bit. And uh, <laughs> but that's it because you could call you really call on any business out there and say, "What are you currently buying on a regular basis?" Yeah. And kind of what I try to focus on, uh, my my company, Windsor's, are is my main supplier, but they they offer fifty thousand products. It doesn't mean all fifty thousand items that we have in that catalog are things that yeah. I'm going to go in and go, hey Earl, you need to buy these. There are things that we have. Many of the things we have are as much to make our customers convenient, so they yeah. have one place to buy it. Um, but when I become a distributor of places like the batteries, this hand soap, um, the gloves, things like that. I can I can now lead with that stuff, and, and you be, one is I'm still be able to make a profit, but you're be, you be, you're able to beat some good price points when you're trying to compete against. Well, so and once you start supplying people stuff, it's easier to buy from one person. They come in and say, "What do you need?" Exactly. And you write one order. They deal with you. 
and you're a likable person. And I've tried to get you always try to get away from selling on just the price of the good, which is it's very important. But I think the quality of the good becomes very important. How quickly are you going to be able to get it? Is the you know it, it, some people want to see a salesman, uh, you know, the, to come in and mm-hmm. take the orders. Other people want to do it online. So you got to find out what they're doing. But I think the the biggest part once they start buying from you is you just got to be able to provide them the product and and and, and troubleshoot for them. That's mm-hmm. as much as anything. You can buy stuff online, but when sudden turning out to buy the right stuff and you got to send it back and how do you get them and and but having a guy you can call Mike, they sent the wrong stuff over here. You said I'll be by in the morning and you pick it up and yeah. and you know in other avenues once you start finding out what's going on in the business it's you know just hand soap just is an easy example there, there's a hundred different kinds of hand soap yeah so there's ways you know where they can save money or hey you know everybody's getting rashes when they're using because they're washing their hands too much there's you know soap for that so when you start understanding you, you can to me the best thing is when you start solving problems solving really solutions what you're doing. yeah and uh, now i'm lucky enough when i solve a solution hopefully it's with my product um, I never mind if, if it's something I can't get. I don't mind telling them, hey, you need to go talk to Earl Farrell or whoever. Yeah, because um, I know where you get it because you're also providing a service. Yes. Part of your service is helping them solve problems wherever they are. And, and most people appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, again, they just you just got to find what they need. And, uh, you know, you try to focus on a certain line of businesses that uh, are going to need those products and, and usually have good success. And, yeah, I was just hearing uh, on one of the morning TV shows today, they were talking about all these people saying they want to go to a four-day work week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and teachers want to go to a four-day school week. <laughs> Not the parents. But, well, here's the problem is if, if your kids are only going four days a week, what do you, what do, you do with the kids on that fifth day? Yeah. And the same thing with this country was built on hard work. I mean, everybody used to work six days a week and took off on Sunday. Right. And then it became, you work five days a week. And then now they want to go to four days a week. And we, we Do we want to be like France? You know, <laughs> but they get like eight weeks of vacation a year. And now they're rioting because they want them to work more and not take off as much time. But we, we, I think we kind of have a habit sometimes. We pick out the good things that other places are doing and you, you forget about the bad things that they have to go through to get that those kind of things. So. I, I I still think America is one of the greatest places there oh, are, it is. and uh, no reason for it to change. But I like the five day week. I could I could uh, I could live with a four day week. I think, but I I do think it creates a, a, an issue for parents with with well, kids that need uh, childcare. <laughs> let's just put it to you this way, Mike: uh, If you worked a four day week, that means you'd be at home on that fifth day, right? It's odds are uh, probably, Six, probably going somewhere, and then seven. <laughs> And uh, right now, you and your wife get along pretty good, don't you? That's right. Yeah, you add another day to that. You tell me how things are working out. Well, you know, it's real fun now, Earl. <laughs> since uh, since COVID, Deborah's been working. She works at home now, and yeah. she works she works a hundred percent at home now. Um, and I do. I'm always in the house, probably till about nine thirty ten. Then I go out and make sales calls, and then you come back at the end of the day, or you spend the whole day there. And you can always tell the difference when I've been there the whole day, and when I've not been there the whole day. And uh, then you also go through conflict of she's talking on the phone in one room, then You're I'm on talking on the other, and, and you start hearing each other talk, and you, it, it brings up some interesting things. I, I usually just go walk around on my patio, and as you you always put pictures of your patio when you're sitting mm-hmm. out there. That when I when I start talking on the phone, That's I immediately go outside. go outside and just start walking yeah. around on my on my. And patio. I see people doing that all the time. I see them out in front of the radio station here. Uh, the guys are out there want to have a conversation with a girlfriend. You can't do it in here because people <laughs> laugh at you. <laughs> be a man <laughs> is it real uh okay let's switch i would tell them the name of your company just oh case. bluff city supplies and how, and how do they get a hold of you and you, you always give me a call at 901-634-8340 
Bluff City Supplies. We do all kinds of maintenance shop supplies to make your business happy. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about the preseason. This is actually week two. Last week we had the Jets and the Browns, and who won that? The uh, the uh, Browns won that game. They to won. start off they off did. the bat, and uh, both teams did fairly well. It's always hard. I think it's always hard at, in the preseason because the teams are truly trying to find out who's going to play well together. So winning is always important, but preseason it doesn't, especially the first two weeks of the season. They're they're just trying to who's going to play well together. Uh, you know. Who's you know the number five man? Are we going to get rid of that guy? How's he going to play with the good and, guys? And the bad and guys? they don't want to like this, a rookie quarterback. <laughs> You'll never see him play, not even in preseason, but maybe the first six seven games of the year they may not get out there. Yeah, because there's so much for them to learn. Even if they were an outstanding college uh, quarterback, there is literally so much, and they have what they call the safety factor. They have to learn all these indicators that tell them they're getting ready to be killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they are, because those other guys are trying to kill them. That, that, that's their goal, is to hit them hard. <laughs> I was watching, uh, there's a great show that's on Netflix called Quarterback, and it's a, they profiled uh, Mahomes and a number of the uh, cousins and a number of the top quarterbacks. Uh-huh. Check that out. Uh, it's well done. You'll learn a lot about people, and you'll like these guys a lot more because you'll get to see what they're really like. We're talking with Mike Adamson about the preseason. Um, we get the the schedule and we're going to go over it when we come back stay with us now back to the earl farrell for memphis show brought to you by southern security your home team credit union and by kathy thurman edwards state farm insurance once again earl farrell and thank you very much, and welcome back to NFL. second week of the uh, preseason cranks up uh, tomorrow night as a matter of fact It'll be the Houston Texans and the uh, the uh, Patriots uh, kicking off at six o'clock. Then uh, what can we expect here, Mike? Well, again, preseason ball games—they're just trying to get players in. They almost almost always they the coaches kind of have things drawn up what they're going to do for the first ten twelve plays. Not really based on hey, we need to get a first down or you know we we need to score on this drive. They're just trying they're just trying to see how guys are going to work together. Um, against another some team. Some guys are still trying out for the team. Oh, exactly. And, yeah. it, and, and I think that's in the preseason, especially the first two weeks. I, I mean, they're, they're just trying out combinations. Um, again, winning's always important and it gets contagious, but at the, at preseason time, it's not the most important part of the, of each team's. I just remember last year, the Texans had a miserable year, unless I'm not remembering correctly. Yeah, you're, you're on track on that one, Earl. And then the Patriots uh, really did have a bad year, but it wasn't anything like uh, when uh, the Mo- Tom was yeah. there. Mo- most most teams would be happy with what the Patriots had last but year. But they were used to winning all yeah. the time and, with uh, Tom Brady. And without uh, Mr. Tom there, that changed things drastically. Yep. And, uh, you know, you miss, a, you miss a player like that when he leaves you. Well, team. you miss the whole team, and that's the thing. It is a team sport. And I think one reason he left is two of his major receivers were gone. Yeah, Edelman and uh, and the, the big yeah. guy. You had to ask me that right now. But what I was getting ready to say with that, it's amazing what one or two players can can do to the chemistry of a team. Of the whole entire team. That's and, right. and I think that's another thing that the coaches are trying to do. Where are these new guys going to fit in? Are they going to fit in, make things better? Or are they going to fit in, make things worse? Yeah. See, 
You don't want to keep the ones to make things work. <laughs> well, even that's what my little coaching uh, <laughs> tips I like to give them. You're a smart man. <laughs> and, and sometimes that, that better athlete, he brings more of a poison to the locker room, right. and you don't want him around. Um, and you, you kind of take a little, you know, less less player, but he gets along with everybody. Like Michael Irving, doing. right? I Good. mean, with the Cowboys. I mean, he was great, but he was always causing turmoil. It, there was always something else going on. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and that causes problems in the locker room and, and, uh, not everybody likes to deal with that. But, you know, that, that's just like a regular office. Okay. Uh, then, uh, also tomorrow night at nine o'clock, the nine o'clock game it will be the Vikings and the Seahawks. And I hate the Seahawks. I do too. I mean, how do you, how can anybody like the Seahawks? Starts starting at Coach Correll, uh, goes, goes on down. The guy from chewing there. the gum wears me out. The guy, he just, he never stops chomping that gum. It, but I tell you what, the, the Vikings, I still think every time I see the Vikings, I think of uh, Fran Tarkington. Fran Tarkington and the purple <laughs> purple uh, people eaters. Yes, yes, on defense. And uh, they they were and, and uh, it, they had some great uh, some great players over the year. Uh, then Friday night uh, at six o'clock, it's the Steelers versus the Buccaneer, the Bucks. Yeah. And that's Tom Brady. Yeah. It could be interesting. Steelers are trying to make a name for themselves. They've just kind of been slowly drifting out a little bit. And, uh, and Roethlisberger's gone. Yeah. And, and uh, he was a, that, he was a force. I mean, you never knew, even his last year when he was hurt, but you never knew when he was going to come out and really do something incredible. But he was such a big guy. Oh, he's and, huge. And, and he's big. He was strong. You know. But what does that tell you? I mean, that's the new prototype. They want all these quarterbacks to be 6'5 and about uh, you know, 220, 240. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it doesn't matter how big you are in the NFL. You get knocked down enough, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> I think that's people forget. About. It's something that they also teach these guys is how to take those hits. When you get hit, yeah. you, know, you, you, you watch them after they get hit. Roll. They roll. They're, yeah. they're trying to, you know. And again, they're going to get hit sometimes, laying flat on their back. That just happens. But they're always trying to roll out of it and stuff like that. Keep I always tell them to, to scream like a girl because that <laughs> it makes the other guys start laughing and they don't hit you as hard. They don't pay attention. <laughs> uh, then next up, it's the uh, Falcons and Dolphins. That's also Friday at uh, six o'clock. Dolphins should be and Dolphins should actually be good this year. So. Uh, they should. They are good. In fact, they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. That's what most Dolphins fans say. Yeah. Well, but they they got some good players. Uh, Falcons. I don't think they, they haven't had anything they, in a couple, yeah, couple of years. Been all right. Yeah. Just, uh, then you got um, also on Friday. There's one, two, three games on Friday. Uh, Packers and the Bengals. Uh, Friday at six o'clock. Packers. Uh, you know. Uh, whole new identity. Whole new identity. And the and the Bengals had a really pretty good year last yep. year. I mean, and, and they haven't had good years in in many years. Yeah, and they they're they're expected to be good again. So hopefully that 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 will continue. And then uh, also on Friday at six thirty, man, you're going to have to have like a quad screen on your TV. <laughs> uh, it's the Commanders, which who used to be the Commanders, the Redskins. Yeah, and then to me, they'll always be the Redskins. Red I mean, yeah. you know, why would you? I mean, were the Indians, were the Native American Indians unhappy with that? They never, that wasn't a diss to me. I thought, I love that that logo on their helmets. That was, was a, a, a noble-looking uh, warrior. I, I've always thought that was done for, you're, you're, you're rewarding it. You're, it's a yeah. compliment, but, you know. Again, Nobody had a, a mascot because they thought they were dopey. Yeah, or, or you're making fun of somebody. Oh, yeah, if you would, you'd, you'd have dopey with the Snow White on the side of a helmet. They'd, now, here come they'd have the us. seven dwarfs. They'd have us on the side of the helmet. <laughs> well, maybe you, not me. Uh, hey, now. Hey. 
Uh, then it's the Giants uh, versus the Lions. So the Giants are going to be good this year. Giants will be all right. Giants and the Jets, two really. Speaking of the Jets, I just planned a trip going to the Broncos, going to see the Jets and the Broncos on October 8th. A couple of our friends going down, having a good time. So you're going to Denver? Going to Denver. Going to fly out there. I'd rather go to Denver than to New York. That's Well, my buddy that's going, he's from New York, so that's why we end up choosing yeah. somewhere away from New York. Because uh, he, he wants to go someplace. Well, it, we just it just thought it'd be a fun. Because you go to Mile High Stadium there in Denver, uh-huh. and you're up in the Rockies. I mean, that's experience. Uh-huh. And it, and whether you've been keeping up with it or not, but there are a lot of homeless people in New York and, and uh, a lot of immigrants. I've heard about that. Yeah. I, and so hopefully they won't be there in Denver, at least on that day. Well, what happens in Denver is it gets so cold in the winter. <laughs> The homeless go, let's go south. I, I told the guys yesterday, I said, I, I hope it snows that day just for the experience because none, none of the Memphis people enjoy snow as much as I do. Uh, well, it is. Uh, I like it, but uh, like driving through it, watch it hit the windshield and coming into the lights. <laughs> I like that. It's very pretty. When, when I'm out there in Denver, I'll, I'll give you a live report from yeah, Mile High yeah. Stadium. Tell me what it's like. <laughs> and all these games, there's, let's see, there's uh, Friday games, there is one two three four five six games on saturday friday mm-hmm. uh, you get broncos and the cardinals they'll be playing friday at nine o'clock and then uh, the titans and the bears on saturday Ooh, good, <laughs> good ball game on now paper. the titans supposed to be anything this year i, I think the, my guess uh, they're going to be a playoff contender team is cousins is cousins playing where's cousins this year because they on that show, have you seen it on Netflix? Uh, the quarterback. Yeah, in fact, I have not seen that show. You you brought it up that I need to I need to catch up on a couple episodes on there, but I've not seen that show. It's very good. Uh, then you've got on Saturday, uh, August the twelfth at twelve p.m. The Colts versus the Bills. Well, go Colts, right? Now you like them. They got uh, that new quarterback Richardson. I think he's going to do really well. A uh, different style of quarterback for the Colts. So. I don't think he's going to be Peyton Manning quite yet, but. Hey, but do you remember what they what they did to Peyton Manning though? When when, they, when he was leaving, his contract expired. The ESPN was interviewing him. He's walking down the halls at the uh, Colts headquarters, mm-hmm. wherever the hell that is, and they're literally taking down his picture off the wall when they're walking by. <laughs> you know, people do forget you know, that the, sports are very important to most of us. You know, it creates an experience, things like that. But you forget that it's also a business. Yeah, but and they could have done it at night. Oh, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm just you saying. Know, just, or wait till the guy's gone, you know? <laughs> and then the next guy gets there the next day, get up early, take his picture down, put the other guy's picture up. Mm-hmm. That's like uh, when you're getting fired and, and, and they're taking your name off your door before they call you down to fire you. I haven't you even know? T- packed my bags yet. Uh, hey, uh, am I getting promoted? Yeah, right out the door <laughs> is where you're getting promoted to. Uh, then you got uh, Saturday, August the twelfth as well. The Jets versus the Panthers. Now, do we think we'll see um, the former quarterback for the Packers, uh, Mr. Aaron? Uh, Typically, they'll, they'll they'll use they almost always the starters will kind of start out that first series. They just, just a couple of, but he, he didn't play the other day when the Jets yeah, played. Did and, he? And again, I, 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 when you're paying somebody that much money, I, why risk it? In yeah, my opinion, for nothing. Because um, they know he can throw and they know he can play. Yeah, you know the game experience is important, but the risk of getting those guys hurt. And I think, in fact, I think uh, he got hurt, hurt his, hurt his pinky. I think the other day. You know, why risk it? You know, because you know Aaron Rodgers hurt his pinky. He, he got, it, it was minor, but he they, he left practice for a little bit. Yeah. 
Um, and you know, th- those are things that, you know, why, why risk the, him getting hurt at a, at a preseason game? Which that is means nothing. exactly why when I went to Texas tech and I was thinking about playing football there and being mm-hmm. a walk on. And I went out and the first day we were supposed to sign up and I'm standing around amongst all these guys. And I went, I think I'm going to pass on this. <laughs> you know, with that, I, I think the smart thing to do is not do this. I, I think what happens to you brought up a really good thing. What happens a lot of these high school guys when they're on their teams, they're the biggest, best player. Yeah. And, and it's easy to be the best when you are the best in that group. Now, all of a sudden, you, when you go to a group where they're all the same, these are the best from around the country. <laughs> it, it, it adds up. And I, I think um, that, that that becomes very difficult for some some kids when they go from high school to college. doesn't mean that they're not any good. They just oh. have a hard time adapting. Well, and what that. I did was I took my talents and strength and ran for cheerleader and, and won that. And, yeah. and, and, and you almost got beat up being a cheerleader. Uh, well, there was a guy on the other team. That we were playing Kansas, and he evidently took issue with my comments and said, I'm going to come over there and kick your butt. And I went, only if you can catch me. And then I ran. But speaking, we're, we're really going sidebars now. Speaking of Rick Conway, crash yeah. pilot, who, who was feeding the alligator on your Facebook page? The alligator. You had an oh, alligator? Oh, that picture the other day. Some and and I had on Randy Wright with the dive shop. He said that there are people that do that. Go down there and swim with the alligators. It ain't going to be me. It made me think of Rick Conway, your crash pilot buddy. Yeah, you got to understand that story. When I was single and <laughs> and I would meet ladies in in the establishments, I always thought instead of coming up and saying hi, I'm Earl Farrell, you know how you doing, I would come up with it and it, you just start talking to him and they say, so what do you do? And I said, well, uh, my name is Rick Conway. I'm a test pilot. <laughs> And they would always start laughing. So it was a great idea. Nobody ever believed it. Uh-huh. And they'd go, well, how did you come up with that name? I said, when I was a little kid, I had a had a helmet that I got for Christmas year, a little test pilot. It was Rick Conway. that's <laughs> on there. And I, I just thought it was hilarious. And so I used it. So, uh, And J.D. Lowry, my good friend, uh, mm-hmm. actually took, I was in front of a fighter jet. I was doing a news story. They took my picture. And she actually had Rick Conway uh, <laughs> stenciled on the fighter jet, on the nose of the fighter jet. Good job. And put some uh, flight wings on my uh, blazer that I was wearing standing in front of it. I treasure that picture. How's Miss Lowry doing? Haven't seen her for a long time. Traveling the world. She's always. She's got a rough life. Yes, yeah, she does. It's expensive life. <laughs> Ask her husband. <laughs> Different than ours. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, wrap up the last of the preseason games uh, in the NFL. So stay with us. And welcome back uh, on this Wednesday afternoon. Mike Adamson is in, and we're talking about the pre preseason NFL games coming up. And uh, okay, you know what's really amazing is the amount of advice that we give people on football and sports, Earl, and they don't take it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> because we 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 give such profound knowledge, just like we were talking about it a minute ago. Then we get off onto Rick Conway, things like that. Well, it's because, you know, you don't want to just give them nothing but facts and figures. You yeah, know? We yeah. got to add a little, uh, a little interesting stuff. A little, little smoke to our screen. Yeah. And uh, so, but you've got uh, the preseason starts actually this, this uh, tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually it took me to the NCAA because in, when does uh, in college football start? College football starts the weekend of the 26th. It is yep. mm-hmm. September twenty sixth. Uh, your your lovely Notre Dame Irish play over in uh, um, Ireland that day. 
did they get a special rate? To play <laughs> I'm sure there? Well, they gave you. I was, we were actually planning on going to. I saw the tickets pricing, and then they decided to like double the price of every hotel in Ireland at that because time because of the people coming yeah. over. Um, That's but, called uh, gouging. Uh, they they were doing a good job of it because we went there about five years ago, and it was a. You went so, to Ireland. Mm-hmm, went there. I was still still. Did, radio did you wear the little leprechaun suit? <laughs> I was <laughs> smart enough to not even bring that up. Kenny, <laughs> he's trying to fake us out. <laughs> D- never, never even uh, mentioned what? that. Where's your pot of gold? Um, Don't you think you're a wee bit old to be living in leprechauns? <laughs> and I didn't even act like I could talk like a leprechaun. <laughs> and. Uh, I did my best of just observing and making. I made small contact when you were people when you talk to people. But yeah, I don't want to. I don't want my stardom to think I'm trying to take advantage yeah. of the system. Well, there you are. Uh, we were talking about the Titans. They'll be playing Saturday uh, <laughs> at uh, 12 p.m. like Saturday afternoon against the Bears. Then you got the Colts and the Bills Saturday also at noon. Also at noon on Saturday, the Jets and the Carolina Panthers. Panthers supposed to have a really good team yeah, this year. They, they'd be Actually, the Jets supposed to be. Of course, the Jets think they're their year every year is the Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to be this year, but they're supposed to be pretty good. Now, the big game pregame of the week will be uh, Saturday at four p.m. Who's, who's playing? Earl? That would be the Jaguars and the Cowboys. Really? I, no. Gosh, I didn't know that. In fact, I heard my friend Tom Brasso today, who works for Jerry Jones. Uh huh. In his Blue Star uh, commercial real estate company. Nice. They just told them they're moving their real estate offices to the Star, where the Cowboys practice fields and all. Uh-huh. They'll be located in the offices right below Jerry's office. Nice. And they'll, they'll be able to eat in the uh, training room, breakfast and lunch every day. Do you think Jerry makes himself available every day? Like you just go knock on his door and say, hey, Jerry, what's going on? He's uh, He does whatever he wants. <laughs> He, he can when you have that much money. Do you, do you just do, I just know that uh, when uh, Tom got us, he's the one that got my son and I into the uh, the suites, uh-huh. the cowboy suite, and uh, we got to meet everybody in the family, but uh, Jerry because Jerry was firing um, the old coach. Oh, he didn't ask for your help on that. Uh, no, and they said, and you might want to leave because he's going to be in a good mood when he comes back <laughs> after firing. Uh, what was that guy's name? The redheaded guy. Uh, you keep asking me names. I'm forgetting. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I can't remember his name. And he uh, tall, skinny guy. Yeah, uh, I thought he was a good coach. I, well, I, th- I think Jerry Jones tries to coach too much of being the well, only. What he it's does just, is he he hires a coach and then he tells him what he wants him to do. And then when it doesn't work out, everybody blames them. <laughs> and they go, "Well, he, Jerry told me to do that," but then they don't ever talk about it. So that's uh, going to be Saturday. Uh, Cowboys and Jaguars Saturday at four p.m. Eagles and Ravens. Eagles are going to be great again this year. That's going to be Saturday at 6 p.m. Chargers and Rams. That's going to be uh, Saturday at 8 p.m. Chiefs, probably the, the world champions. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be playing the Saints, which are not the world champions. Yeah, and they're not going to be again. No, they won't be. It'll, it'll, this could be freaking frack. By the uh, way, Jason Garrett was the coach we were talking you're about. You're exactly right. I know him. Jason, you, you know that you're right or you know him. <laughs> I just wanted to see your facial oh. expression when I said that. Yeah, it worked. I didn't think you knew him. Uh, he is an analyst, though. I saw him on a sports uh, show the other day. He's good. He does a good job. Yeah, I think he does. And then the 49ers and Raiders, Sunday, August 13th at 3 p.m. So that's your NFL preseason lineup week two. Mike Adams, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Earl. Go sell some nuts and bolts. <laughs> I'll do my best. And some hand wash and, and batteries. And batteries. <laughs>
All right, folks, that's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow, same time.